Hey, this is Ken Nagraj from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Nick Antolik with us. Nick is a strength and conditioning coach from Chicago, Illinois. His interest in both athletics and human health and performance have led him along the path of competing and coaching since 2012. He earned a master in science and kinesiology while coaching at the NCAA Division One level for more than 10 years. Nick founded Paradox Performance to continue to help those who are from diverse backgrounds, ranging from professional athletes to NCAA Division One athletics to tactical first responders, develop a love for their training. So let's hear it from Nick first because Nick is here with us. Nick, welcome to the show. Kieran, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Nick, honored to be able to host you. Let's begin with your journey. Tell us what got you started on the path of coaching. Really, I think like most other coaches, competing in athletics and had a knack for the lifting weights and the strength training, a lot of that stuff came really naturally to me. And in doing so, I was able to figure out the little tips and tricks that worked for me and communicate that with my teammates. And it was, I found it to be more fulfilling to help my teammates figure it out and get better than it was for just me to be the best. So that's, and when I found out that there was a whole profession just on the physical training aspect of things, I was like, oh, this is cool. So I just dove headfirst into that. And I've been doing that. That was as a teenager and just took and ran with it. Yeah. And that was the profession that you chose and that still goes on. You didn't thought you didn't have second thoughts about choosing something else. Like what? So I've had second thoughts about what's a, what would be a different career path for me, but ultimately it still falls in line with teaching and helping others. So and coaching is great. I love it. Yeah, totally. And coaching is great because of the clients, of course. Can you please tell us about a client success story, something that is close to your heart? A success story for a client. So I actually was talking to a sport team of mine pretty recently. There was, and again, I try to keep everything as anonymous as I can, but I had, there was an athlete that I was working with who, for whatever reason, a 12 inch box could not, just could not clear that kind of mental block to jump up onto a 12 inch box. 12 inches is not terribly, it's 33 centimeters. That's not terribly high. And any moderate level athlete can do that. But for whatever reason, this person was just looking at the box, fixated, and was like, I don't know that I can do this. Working through, and over the course of a week, working through, the light switched and, okay, they jumped on the box. Everything else from physically from that point, not important. But that person called me up maybe five years after that incident or that moment. And it was just, Hey, Nick, I just wanted to, I was thinking about you. I just wanted to say hi and let you know what has happened since. And now they're like a high level SWAT team member. And they're just like, it wasn't jumping on the box that you helped with. It was overcoming that whatever mental block that I had, knowing that I could do that. Here's what I went on to do. And it's everything that I could not have done without you. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Wow, it sure is pretty cool. And it started with a small incident and took on a larger form in, in the life to come. Nick, can you please elaborate on the steps? Do you have any steps, procedure, or let's say strategies that you tend to lean on when you work with the clients? From a steps or procedural standpoint, a lot of it is just understanding where are we at right now. So when I take on new clients or new athletes, the key thing for me is to understand who is it that I'm working with 
what is it that you want to do and how come, like, do you want to do it? Why is it important to you so that I can use those nuggets to help poke and prod in the right direction when it's hard and you don't want to do it anymore, but understanding what is our, where are we at currently? What's our, what are our baseline measurements so that as we go through working together in this training process, how can I show you that, no, you are getting better and there is value to what we're doing. Or on the flip side, I can see that something I might be doing isn't working and I can take it out. I might be, it might be something that I like doing, but if it's not working for my people, then I don't need to do it. Totally. Something that you really speak on is making sure that the athletes or somebody that you work with love the training, right? And training, of course, there is game time and there is training time. The making sure that loving the training is one of the crucial parts because that's where most of the energy is going to go. So how do you make sure that that happens? I think from a coaching standpoint, coaches love the training or the weight room, whatever you want to call it, more than the athletes do. That's why we're the coaches. I think just making it fun, like it's okay to play games. It's okay to joke and goof around as long as the work gets done. I've seen a lot of coaches who are very... It's got to be my way or the highway. Everything has to be serious business that works short term, but long term, nobody wants to do something that's not fun long term. So I think just making it fun, having a good relationship and open communication and being willing, showing that you're able to listen and change based on the people you work with. Totally. So making it fun is the first part because the training has to be loved and training has to be done. Why not do it in a fun way than just going at it and try to get the training done? If you were to share us with us the reason, the ways that you keep yourself inspired, how do you keep motivated? Because I like outdoor sports, there is, if you've ever climbed a mountain or gone up a hill, the American West has, when you look out at the horizon, there's still other mountains. And it's just that feeling or that question of what's over there. I want to go find out. So when I think of my body is what's my physical mountaintop, I don't know, but I want to find out. And I've gone from how strong can I get going this way? And then I worked with a handful of clients who were endurance runners and talking with them. I was like, okay, I guess, could I, how fast could I run a half marathon? And just immediately went into that. I'm always curious about what can I do? What is the best version of me? And I just haven't stopped trying to figure out what that best version of me is. Wow. So always chasing towards the greatness is something that you keep yourself inspired with. Nick, if you were to tell us about the misconceptions that come along with the coaching, what misconceptions do you think the clients have? Ooh. All right. So I guess the biggest, one of the biggest misconceptions that I get from clients is I'm a big guy. I have tattoos, the, a bushy beard. I look scary and I look like a meathead. Like I've just lived in a gym and that's all I do. So when people actually get to talk to me, I'll say I'm very nice. But the thing that surprises people is no coaches are most coaches. I will say the asterisk. Most coaches are very smart. Yes, you can get big and strong and fast doing what somebody else tells you to do and spouting off copies of programs. But if you don't have that knowledge, if you don't have the the understanding of a lot of different principles in biomechanics, exercise physiology, anatomy, uh, and then even your soft social skills and just communication. It's really hard to be a coach, let alone a good coach. So when you look at a popular example 
or the thing that gets thrown up the most for this misconception is the football, the American football strength and conditioning coaches that are on the sideline in their cutoff polos, the shirts are too small, they're jumping around, hooting and hollering. That's not indicative of the profession. The profession is wildly educated because we are scientists. We just use a physical science. Yes, yes. Physical science is something that you deal with. Of course, it might seem at the players, the coaches, they are just trying to put in their physical strength to, to the base, but it is not something that there goes a lot of breaks with it. Nick, tell us about the, the difference between a good coach and a great coach. I think a good coach is going to have really sound, solid programming. They're going to check all of the boxes for X's and O's. Your clients and your athletes, they'll improve. Physically, they're going, to, they are going to do everything that you said. Hey, I can get you stronger. I can get you faster. We can lose X kilos, whatever. Good coaches, they can do that. A great coach is going to, in my opinion, a great coach is going to connect with the person, understand that why, build a relationship so that it's not just, hey, come in and train, work with me and then leave. And then that's it. A great coach builds that connection. So it's, it goes beyond the training. And I don't want to say inspire, but like you can inspire the people that you work with and in turn be inspired by the people you work with. I think the, I think that is the mark of a great coach where you have such a solid relationship with everyone that you work with that you are able to influence and also be influenced positively. Totally. So getting all the work done, can, a good coach can afford to, but getting to the personal level, Knowing that the reason why the person is doing and behaving the way that they are doing and building a relationship, a great coach can do that, which can, of course, influence them and get influenced by. Nick, next question to you is about the best version of someone's, right? So how to become the best version of ourselves? Do you look at it? Can you give us some examples, some routines or some, some things that we can do to make sure that happens? I think again, and I can only, I can speak to myself. One of the things that I think if we're looking for what's the best version of ourselves, if we can eliminate the potential for randomness. So I say build in routines, get up like my routine. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll have a glass of orange juice, some water, maybe tea or coffee, a little bit of like banana bread, and I'll read for 20 minutes. It may, it doesn't seem like a lot right? But I can stack up in the course of a week, 20 minutes a day, that's over two hours. And I, I can go through a book probably every three to four weeks. So you just build out, you build that out for a year, that's 12 to 15 books in a year. But it all starts because I, you read 20 minutes in the morning when you got up. So it doesn't have to be in the pursuit for finding what's the best version of you. It doesn't need to be this grandiose, just, I need to boil the ocean and get it right on the first try. It can be a lot of little trial and error tweaks like, oh, I'm going to try this. Okay. I liked part A. I didn't really care for part B. Let's keep part A and try something different for part B. But as long as we're stacking up those little wins of yourself comes around, but even then, is that your best version? I like to think that it's constantly, you're constantly refining the self. So will you ever actually find the best version? Maybe not. But who's to say that the best version isn't the one that's right here right now? Is there a better version? Yes. Like we have gotten the answer how to become the best version of ourselves. It is 
always the smaller step, the things that you're doing at present, future self. So try to do the best, whatever you can in the present moment. Next, tell us about goal setting and goal getting. What is a good way of setting goals and then going after them? I think so from a business standpoint, from a physical training standpoint, goal setting is going to be huge. You want to, what I'll usually tell the folks that I work with, or even for myself, I'll have uh, a pretty ambitious goal. Let's say if it's, I want to work with 20 new people by the end of the year. Okay. Well, that I know that my year is 12 months, 20 people, 12 months. It's roughly two new people committed per month in order if, and if I know that for every five people that I work with or 10 people that I talk to, I can get one person to commit. Okay. The, the math does itself. So I know that if I want to get 20 people committed to me by the end of the year or over the course of a year, I need to talk to exponentially more because that those filters, those natural filters are in play. Okay. It's not, I don't have to go up to 20 people and expect that they're going to immediately sign up and commit with me right from the jump. And then if somebody doesn't, I get all, oh no, something, it didn't go exactly to plan. Just having understanding what the ambitious goal is and then what that timeline is, it's really easy to scale back and go, oh, okay, I just need to talk to five different people this week and make a connection. And then next week, I talk to five more people. And if I can get one person from those 10, cool, that's great. That's the same thing with physical training. Everybody wants to squat 200 kilos. Okay. Before you can squat 200 kilos, you have to squat 150. You have to squat 100. So, and it's just bite-sized chunks that are like, so that the next step isn't hard. Okay. Out of the blue one question, how much do you squat? How much kilos? I'm the heaviest I've gone is about 287 kilos. Wow. That's too much. Okay. For me, it's, that, it's too much for you. Again, it is not the best version of yet. Congrats, Nick. Uh, let's, let's now, before we move forward, tell us about the best ways of getting a hold of you, Nick. Audience reach out to you. Is it your email? Is it your website? Or is it, what, what are some social media? The best way to get a hold of me would probably be through my email, nick.inatparatusperformance.com. That's also on the website. If you go to the website, it's a work in progress. I'm still trying to find the best version of that website or on Instagram, Paratus underscore performance. That's those are probably the easiest ways to get a hold of me. So do reach out to him, guys. Nick at the next question. So tell us about the business, Nick. Is Paratus Performance local business? Do you work with local clients only or do you work online as well? Both. I have a handful of folks that I work with here in Chicago. And then I also have folks that are all around the country that I work with online. Got it. Got it. That leads me to my final question for the day. Nick, tell us about the action steps to become a better version of ourselves. What do you suggest the listener does after hearing this conversation to make sure that they grow in life and they grow in business? To grow in life and to grow in business, learn. I think the best thing you can do is learn how to listen to yourself, listen to your surroundings, because odds are everybody looks for the next great teacher. The teacher doesn't necessarily show themselves until the student is ready to learn. I think if everybody take five minutes, even if it's sit silently or just go outside, go for a walk, but having that personal time for you to dive in and a little introspection 
observe the observe your surroundings and just sit still and listen. I think that helps. That would help with anything that anybody would want to do. You should take time and listen to yourself because that might lead you to the inner wisdom that you may need to excel in life. Do reach out to Nick. Nick, one last time, I want you to repeat the piece of reaching out to you so that the audience can now reach out. Email me. My email is at, or excuse me, my email is nick.antolik at paradasperformance.com. The website is paradasperformance.com. Email is on there. And that's also linked to the Instagram. We're at paradas underscore performance. There you have it, guys. So do reach out to Nick. Nick, thank you so much for such a great conversation. It was a pleasure to be able to host you today and an honor to be able to sit with you and talk. Kieran, man, it was a pleasure, dude. Thank you so much. Thank you so much again. With that said, I am your host, Kiran Agrar, signing off for the day. You guys take care. Bye, guys. Bye.